Chapter 4 Humans Need Two Births Nicodemus is shocked by Jesus' insistence that he needed to be born again. This seemed very strange to him because everything in nature needs to be born once. John chapter 3 verses 6 to 9 Jesus, the Son of God, can read the confusion in Nicodemus' mind about the need to be born again and immediately gives him the reason why he needed to have two births. Jesus said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. John chapter 3 verse 6 In other words, Jesus was reminding Nicodemus that humans are unique among God's creation because they have both a body and a spirit. Because of this, men readily eat the flesh of animals but have much greater difficulty eating the flesh of men because they instinctively know that men also have a spirit. Jesus was telling Nicodemus that humans needed two births because they have two natures, physical and spiritual. At our first physical birth, we are born by our mothers into this physical world. But if we want to enter God's spiritual world, then we need to be born again by the Holy Spirit into God's world. This explanation seems to satisfy Nicodemus, who went on to imagine how he could be born again. Possibly, he began to think about the religious rites that he had undergone. Was Jesus referring to the need of baptism? Was Jesus referring to the need for catechism classes? Or was Jesus referring to some supernatural phenomena like tongue-speaking? Again, Jesus, the Son of God, reads Nicodemus' mind and answers the unspoken question in his mind. Jesus tells Nicodemus that the second birth is invisible, like the wind. Unlike baptism, catechism, and tongue-speaking which are visible and can be photographed or videoed, the second birth by the Holy Spirit is invisible and cannot be photographed or videoed. Jesus then goes on to explain the effects and benefits of wind. When wind blows, we can hear the sound of leaves rustling and see the smiles of people enjoying the cool breeze, but no one can see the wind. Life will be so unpleasant without a breeze or an electric fan. A life that is not born again will be an unpleasant, joyless life. This describes how the second birth makes life more pleasant and make men happier. Though we cannot see the second birth, we can see the effects of the second birth. Men who have experienced the second birth become better husbands, better fathers, better workers, better neighbors, and better church members. Ladies who have experienced the second birth become better wives, better mothers, better housekeepers, better neighbors, better church members. Young people who are born again become better children, better students, better classmates, and better youth group members. All who have been born again will also have greater peace and joy. Nicodemus desires to be born again. He had diligently followed his religion, but it was boring, burdensome, and joyless. He yearned for a cool spiritual breeze to cheer him up for his cheerless religion. He yearned to be born again by the Holy Spirit so that he could leave the world of religion and enter God's kingdom but did not know how.
Has your religion been boring, burdensome, and joyless so far? Chapter 5 Blind Leading the Blind John chapter 3 verses 9 to 14 Nicodemus can hardly wait to find out how to be born again, so he asked, How can these things be? John chapter 3 verse 9 This is the most important question that Nicodemus ever asked, and the most important question that any of us can ever ask is, How can I be born again? Because if you don't know the answer to this question, Jesus says that you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. As Nicodemus was a religious man, he was probably thinking that the way to be born again was to be more religious. He had been born a Jew and attended all the religious ceremonies of the Jews. So did he have to be more diligent in attendance? He had diligently studied and obeyed the Old Testament as a Pharisee. So did he have to be more studious and more obedient? He had diligently led Jewish religious services as an elder. So did he have to work harder to be a better leader? What more could he do? Should he fast more often? Should he give more offerings? He was already so tired, bored, and joyless with so much religion. Could he bear more of it? He was expecting Jesus to answer his question of how to be born again. Instead, Jesus rebukes him. John chapter 3 verses 10 to 13. Jesus first rebukes him as a master of Israel for not knowing how to be born again. He was a blind leader who was leading the blind Jews. Jesus then rebukes his lack of faith. John chapter 3 verse 12 Jesus had clearly explained the need to be born again spiritually because men have a spiritual nature. This is a simple understandable concept but he is reluctant to believe this and instead wanted to cling to his religious concepts. Nicodemus had heard of Jesus' miracles and knew that he was not an ordinary man but was clearly from heaven, and yet he found it difficult to accept his teachings. Like Nicodemus, there are many Christian leaders who spend their life studying the details of religious ceremonies. Like Nicodemus, there are many Christian leaders who believe being religious and obedience to these ceremonies will get them to heaven. But Jesus tells us that what's important is not obedience to religious ceremonies, but to be born again. Have you asked yourself this question, how can I be born again? This is the most important question you can ever ask in your life. Ignorance of the answer is a sure way to go to hell. John chapter 3 verses 14 to 16 After rebuking Nicodemus for being a blind faithless leader, John chapter 3 verses 10 to 13, then Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, 
John chapter 3, verse 14. Nicodemus must have perked up when he heard the name of Moses. As a religious Jew, Nicodemus must have been familiar with the story of Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. For us who are not familiar with this story, please read the following passage, Numbers 21 verses 4 to 9. God had raised Moses to lead the Jews out of slavery in Egypt. God enabled Moses to do ten amazing miracles. The final miracle was the parting of the Red Sea, which enabled the Jews to escape from Egypt. As the Jews walked through the wilderness to the Promised Land, God miraculously provided daily bread from heaven. Exodus chapter 16 verse 35 Obviously, the Jews should have been thankful for all these wonderful provisions. Instead, the Jews complained against God for the boring diet of manna. God hates unthankfulness, so God sent poisonous snakes and many Jews were bitten by the snakes and died. The serpents in this wilderness are so poisonous that the people who are bitten die about 5 seconds after being bitten. The people realized that they had sinned against God because of their complaints, and they begged Moses to pray that God would kill the snakes. However, God told Moses to make a snake of brass and to mount it on a pole. The serpent was to be lifted up and that anyone who was bitten by a serpent had only one solution, namely, they had to immediately look at the serpent on the pole. This solution was against the conventional wisdom of tightly tying the affected limb proximal to the site of the bite to prevent the poison from flowing to the heart. This solution involved faith in God's promise that whoever looks on the brass snake will live. This was the only solution to escape death and have a second life. There was no other solution for them. Nicodemus probably wondered what this story of poisonous snakes had to do with him, until Jesus finished the sentence. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. John chapter 3 verse 14 then Nicodemus probably realized that Moses' lifting up the brass serpent to remove snake poison from their bodies was related to Jesus Christ having to go to the cross to remove our sins. Just as there was only one solution to the serpent's poison, there is only one solution to our sin problem. Nicodemus probably realized that all the religious acts that he had done could not wash away one single sin. Being born a Jew could not remove one sin. Studying the Bible could not remove one sin. Attending religious services could not remove one sin. The only solution to remove our sins was by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. 
Shortly after this meeting with Jesus, the Bible tells us that Nicodemus was at the cross when Jesus was crucified. When he saw Jesus hanging at the cross, he must have remembered what Jesus said to him at his first meeting. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I believe that I will see Nicodemus in heaven, not because he was a religious man, but because he believed that Jesus died on the cross to pay for all his sins. How do you expect your sins to be paid? Can any of your religious acts wash away sin? Chapter 7 The Deadliest Traffic Jam I can't exactly remember what happened 35 years ago when I read John chapter 3, but I believe two words caught my attention. The first word was believe, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 I had known John 3.16 since I was a little boy. I had memorized it. I believe that many of you have memorized this verse too. On that day, 35 years ago, I realized that though I had known and memorized John 3.16, I had never believed it. All the Jews in Moses' time had been informed that if they were bitten by a serpent, then they had to immediately look at the brass serpents. I am sure that this was broadcast to all the Jews in the wilderness. I am sure that every mother reminded her children over and over to look at the brass serpent if they were bitten. But I am also sure that not everyone looked at the brass serpent when they were bitten. In fact, I'm pretty sure that the majority looked at the poisonous serpent when they were bitten and tried to kill it. In other words, they all knew that they had to look at the brass serpent, but few believed that just looking at it was enough to save them. So they did not look at the brass serpent, and they died. I too knew that John 3.16 told me that the way to everlasting life was by believing. Like the Jews in the wilderness, I too thought that knowing John 3.16 was enough. So instead of just believing in Jesus, I thought that by adding some religious works, I would go to heaven. But the Bible tells us that merely knowing the promise in John 3.16 is useless. What is important is believing John 3.16. On that special day, God opened my eyes to see the word believe. I realized that knowledge is what I have in my head, while believe is what I have in my heart. And there is only a gap of about 15 centimeters between my head and my heart. For the Jews in the wilderness, the gap between their head and their eyes was only one centimeter. Yet those who only knew that they had to look at the brass serpents in their head had died.
but those who looked at the brass serpent with their eyes lived. On that special day 35 years ago, I realized that I needed to clear the traffic jam between my head and my heart. I had the knowledge of John 3.16 in my head for almost 35 years, but unless I believed the promise in John 3.16 in my heart, my sins would not be removed and I would not have everlasting life. The Jakarta traffic jam prevents many people from reaching their destination in time. But this spiritual traffic jam has stopped millions in church from ever entering the kingdom of God. This is the deadliest traffic jam. Be sure that you believe that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life.